0: You're now tuned into the Shoot for Teams podcast with your favorite guys, Dorian and Kyle.
1: Welcome back to another edition of the Shoot for Teams podcast. It's your man, D. Hill, the gift card bandit. Old man Ross, of course, sweat and fire cakes. (laughs) Today we have our guy, the swollest dude we know, L.A. native, (laughs) Brian Lauderdale. Ryan is an athletic trainer and much, much more these days. Ryan has achieved much success in the field by hard work and dedication. Ryan is a Nike master trainer who has workouts on a Nike training club app. Ryan has trained athletes in all sports at all levels and has helped them to see major improvements in their performance on the court, field, and ice. He currently trains out of his own space in El Segundo, California, called Ride Pen Fitness. If you're looking for a trainer who will, create a tailor-made program for you to thrive beyond your goals. and someone with a wealth of knowledge in the fitness space, Ryan is your guy. Welcome to the podcast, Ryan Lauderdale. Man, I appreciate
2: it. Yes, sir. I appreciate you having me. I'm glad to be here.
0: Yes, sir. We appreciate you being here. Yeah, we're glad to have you, Ryan. So uh, back in your college days, Ryan, uh, you got injured, and then the injury brought you to a crossroads um, in your life. What – Why did you choose to become a trainer?
2: Uh, Man, for a couple of reasons. I felt like, even back then, I felt like it was somewhat of a natural progression uh, for me to stay involved with sports and athletics. Uh, But then I had to ask myself one of those hard questions. I was like, well, I can continue to chase the dream, which a lot of my friends and uh, teammates did. Uh, Some of them were successful. Some weren't successful. I was like, I could continue to, to chase it or... I can get into the world and really get started uh, with my professional uh, career beyond being uh, being an athlete or aspirations of being an athlete. And so that's why I decided to uh, make that choice to stay in the in the world of like training sports performance because uh, I realized that's what my passion was and that's what the heart was. That's what like the fire was for me. So uh, in order for me to be, you know, successful and to do something for a long time i knew i still needed to be around where that fire was and so like that's why sports and sport performance and sports performance coaching uh was the natural progression for me
1: nice Oof. man uh, so can you speak on your journey as a as a trainer like you're like thus far
2: yeah man it's uh i mean it was all the things man like to be honest with you it was all the things from uh, man like begging people to come to boot camps in like Long Beach you know back in the day when I used to do stuff out there to literally I used to be out on Saturday Saturday mornings in the streets of El Segundo trying to get people to come to this private gym that I was training at I went from that to now I got my own uh, nice beautiful space and along that journey I worked at uh, at the time, Velocity was, uh, was the largest sports performance chain and uh, sports performance facility chain in the uh, in the nation. And we had a lot of great athletes that we worked with. And uh, you know, I worked there. And along that journey, you know, I got put on with Nike and was doing a lot of stuff with Nike. And I've done everything from A to Z uh, with them, uh, including working with some of their uh, top athletes and with a, in a bunch of different projects. So. From some of them in gym stuff, some of them were onset things, some of them, you know, from from a to Z with that to, uh, you know, going in and being in a different world and different sport than I ever thought <laughs> I would be in. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like growing up in L.A., you know, we played baseball, basketball, football and and ran track maybe a few people did a couple other sports you know maybe like tennis or something else that was kind of like off brand or random for like that time in the world but like hockey was not on anybody's radar if you were black in la right yeah, that's True. <laughs> uh, and so now to be uh, in the hockey world and you know what my guys Having uh, a lot of success, you know, helps to, you know, certify me even more in that world, especially being, uh, I would say, being an outsider um, of the sports, not necessarily outsider of uh, sports performance or strength and conditioning. Um, it's, uh, it's been a really interesting uh, and, I would say, unique journey. I wasn't planning on it, like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like honestly, I, I was not planning for it at all, like, the intentions for me was football and, you know, honestly, I wanted to specialize in NFL combine training because that's what we did at Velocity back in the day. And we yeah. had uh, we had a bunch of really top athletes and uh, things just changed. And so mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's what you learn. At least that's what I learned in life from the journey of, of, of my life is like, you gotta be able to adapt. And the faster you're able to adapt, the better you're gonna be as far as like being successful and and, and being successful on the, the macro and the micro. You know, I think the the pandemic helped to like reinforce that with a lot of people. It's like, man, you gotta adapt because they're still charging us rent. Yeah, <laughs> we still gotta eat food. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get my check. I don't know, maybe y'all got a check. I didn't get a check. No, no, no. <laughs> so, no. The bills bills still keep coming, but like you still gotta find a way to to you know to pay the bills. You gotta be adaptable, you know. So like that, that adaptability, I, I found is very important when it comes to business and sports. Whether it be you know coaching, you know whether an athlete gets injured uh, or you're dealing with the athlete that has an injury prior to like combine training or any type of like special event, let's say playoffs or you know big. A uh, big tournament or whatever else it may be, and so you got to be adaptable so that you can change the plan, and so you can still uh, get success and be successful. So,
1: that's yeah, that's the, crazy. That, the, the, yeah, the best surprises in life are those that you, that you're not planning for, man. Like that yeah, makes man. your life like the ones you you don't see coming end up changing your life. <laughs> for right. sure,
0: man. you're right. It's and speaking of change, you kind of. You messed me up. I was going to ask you a question and you answered it, but I'm going to ask you a different one. Do you remember your first uh, event you decided to put on? Uh, your very first boot camp, and how many people do you, do you remember showed up to that boot camp? Did that motivate you, or you were discouraged, or, you know, what? do you remember that first? Event? Yeah, yeah. I'll, so I'll
2: give you, all right, so my first, my actual first right fitness boot camp, I think I had uh, I think it was two people that showed up. Mm. Uh, it was <laughs> my uh, my home girl uh, Julia Pitts. Uh, shout out to Juju uh, and and her mom, Miss uh, <laughs> Pitts uh, and Juju showed up for me in Long Beach, and they drove all the way from Carson, <laughs> and wow. uh, you know came out and uh, yeah they were they were there. I think those were the only two that I had in the first boot camp uh, when I was doing stuff in uh, in Long Beach. But then when I came to El Segundo, like I told you, I was out there on Saturday mornings trying to talk to people. And uh, it was like I was a ghost. People would not talk to me. (laughs) They just keep walking by, doing whatever they were doing. And um, I knew, you know what I mean, it didn't stop me. I still had to, you know, show up and, and be out there to be a presence And even though I got zero people <laughs> interested in coming to the boot camp being out there. I did have a few people uh, that were friends and, uh, you know, they, they came through, they pulled up and, uh, you know, got that working with me uh, early on uh, within, like, my career of, like, starting my business. And I've been outside of the corporate fitness or corporate sports performance uh, world. Mm. That says a lot about your character, man, you know. Cuz
0: a lot of people would just give up. Two people is that's ridiculous. <laughs> but you got to start somewhere, you know. Yeah. yeah. That's
1: pretty yeah, we we definitely uh, you know, are on that same kind of journey, you know, like, you know, you that's put in people ask. don't understand like when you're trying to start something on your own, like they feel like especially now in this popcorn society like, oh, you start something, you automatically got to where you are there, but they don't see like you having a boot right. camp and only two people showing up, or we doing a podcast and only five people watch it and we're like, yo, like we put in all this hard work. Like, mm-hmm. why should we keep going? But it's like a you know, if you have a passion for it and you keep keep being consistent, you'll get to where you want to get to eventually. But it's you know, you gotta have that that motivation and it, it can be tough sometimes. So I definitely Mm-hmm. We definitely applaud you for keeping keeping going, bro. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I appreciate it. But I want to say this though, like honestly, I had to think about it. I was like, man, what what was it that really kept me going? I think part of it was like I didn't know any other way, to be honest with you. I was like, I gotta make it. And I don't know what else to do, like other than like hustle and grind. So like that's a part of like that sports mentality. Like, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna go to practice every day, I'm gonna go to the gym, I'm gonna do what I gotta do to get better, to be better on the field so I can Mm -hmm. get more time, so I get more looks, you know what I mean? So I can, you know, when Saturday comes or Friday comes that I get the opportunity to possibly play on Sundays, or what. you know what I mean? It was was a different type of drive there. And then also, I think it was Geroche kind of being naive, like, just like, okay, like, I'm just gonna go out there and do it (laughs) and just keep doing it because like I said I don't know any other way but <laughs> <Right. laughs> being
1: naive actually helps people like I've listened to so many podcasts about people's stories and it's just their naivete uh, of of the situation they just go for it like they don't know any mm-hmm. other way like you said and they just they go for it whereas if you know certain things it might hinder you from even trying cuz you're like oh I have this percent chance of landing somebody but if you're naive and you just go out there like hey this is me i'm ryan i'm can you come to my thing yeah. and they're like uh sure yeah <laughs> so, and it just yeah. and yeah. it snowballs from there but That's i wanted true. to talk about like your mantra like develop evolve and thrive like can you, can you tell us about that
2: yeah man uh like you know i believe in like words power, words and even shapes right so those three words is like three different levels you can look at it in three different ways like three different levels or like a power shape like a triangle mm-hmm. and like you know we all have you know, a start right and so our start is developing you know uh, and and putting in the work in order to to get to where we want uh whether we're, we're naive or <laughs> or we we we're like headstrong we have like a solid plan it's about putting in that work and putting in the hours and putting in the time and the mental energy and everything else. And the develop part, excuse me, the evolved part is like that transitional phase, going from like that development stage to that transitional into the thriving. But that transitional, even from like a sports performance perspective, when you run, you have ground contact, you have mid-flight, late-flight, And then that cycle comes through and then you ground contact, uh, ground contact again. So like you can see it in different areas of of life, whether it be sports, whether it be business, whether it be personal, there's that, that growing and that transition to the thriving, which is like where you want to be, right? That's. You know, having guys in the Olympics and and you know having guys get gold medals and World Juniors or having guys get drafted in the first round and having guys get big contracts and and being sought after and seen being seen as a specialist or being seen as a voice in industry that people respect and want more information from. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that kind of like what you were talking about before about starting from somewhere. Uh, there's this guy. Uh, what is it? huberman uh he has his podcast oh man i'm I'm butchering (laughs) i'm butchering the name of the podcast it was like huberman labs or something like that and i think part of his story was i think he was like a college dropout or something like that maybe a high school dropout and i think he was just kind of floundering he didn't know what he wanted to do in life and then he just got real interested on like human body and what the body's capable of, you know, the, the mind and the body. And now he has, like, honestly, I think it was one of the biggest podcasts in in the nation. And the other thing is, like, he's really, really smart and, so- and seen as uh, a top specialist in kind of, like, his field, not, which isn't just podcasting. Like, he's he knows a lot about a lot of things. And, uh, you know, people... People go to him and and like to get his views and tastes and his opinions on things. But if he had stopped a long time ago because, you know, I mean, he wasn't cutting it because he didn't take the conventional path of being a straight A student or, you know, being accepted to IVs or whatever else, you know, then he would have been really selling himself short. And so I think, you know, the human story of perseverance and getting to that thriving Mm. place in life. You know, it's all a part of it, you know what I mean? I I talk about it with clients a lot and friends a lot. Uh, Everybody has a story, uh, but nobody cares a teammate, right? Nobody would have cared about LeBron being the kid from Akron if he didn't do those things to be the king. You know what I mean? (laughs) To be, you know, on a lot of people's top five, not everybody, but a lot of people top five, (laughs) you know? And so, you know, but his story is significant now because of him not stopping him not being deterred by still uh by the haters skip bayless and others you know what i mean that hate on braun for whatever reason and you know what i mean it's i think we can take lessons from from braun and many others right it doesn't have to be lebron It could be you know it's you guys you know what i mean about about doing what you're doing and, and creating a brand that looks dope. They had us fly. I see you out there thank you, thank you. <laughs> and, and, and all the things, you know, being from being from LA, I think we, as LA people, we go about things a, a certain way. And especially if you grew up in a certain era, like I said, like, I wasn't thinking about hockey like back in the day until like right. Wayne Gretzky came to LA right. and I was like, okay, cool, Wayne Gretzky's a big name, but I still don't really know about hockey like that. Mm-hmm. And right. so, you know, like my story might inspire a bunch of kids to just li- literally just think out the outside the box, similar to like a Venus and Serena did for, for tennis and being successful on the biggest stage, uh, you know, p- quite possibly, you know, my story might might inspire some of the kids, you know, that look like us that are from L.A. to just think outside the box. Yeah.
1: That's, true. That's well, true. before you go on, Kyle, yeah, fun fact, dude, I played roller hockey as a kid. Word. And, yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> and a- the crazy thing is, like like you were saying, like you being an inspiration, it's about representation too. Like I only got interested because at the time they had like this roller hockey league um, and there was a black guy on the L.A. team. Who's to play at the forum. And I was like, yo, like if he could play, like I'm gonna try. And then yeah. at the time my mom was telling me I needed to play another sport other than basketball. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna play hockey, roller hockey. I I did. I don't know why I didn't play ice hockey, but roller hockey just seemed more fun to me. Cause you know, I could just go outside and play and do all that stuff. And before you know it, like when I first started, all my friends was like, you know, like you playing hockey, like what? what is going on? So yeah. like over time, like they started playing and then I got into a league and I was playing in the league in Torrance and I just, I, I should have kept going, but I just didn't see that many people in hockey that looked like me in the NHL. So I was just like, I, you know, I'm going to just stick with what I know, but I should have, yeah. should have kept going. But you know, there's guys like PK Subban now and a bunch of other guys in the in the NHL that are representing for us too. And When I found out you were doing that, I was like, yo, that's crazy. (laughs) Right the straight, train the hockey players. (laughs) Yeah,
2: man. I think one of the biggest things, too, that I've seen is just not having a a limited mindset. Sometimes we we limit ourselves, like, oh, man, we don't, black people don't swim or black people don't surf. Like, man, we do everything. Hmm. But just throughout the years, things have told us that we don't do things. But I wouldn't say that that is, that is of us. Like, we, you know, we, we throughout history, throughout the history of the world, we've been everywhere and we've done all the things. And so why why are we being limited now? And who's limiting us? And if it's us limiting us, that's a problem. But it starts with the individual not being limited by oneself and mastering, you know, our mind to be able to go forward and, and, and achieve greatness. And greatness means different things. You know, it's not always being a LeBron you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like greatness is you know being a a, a, an amazing elementary school teacher you know that inspires you know the math you know inspires young kids to go up and and be LeBrons or be everything else in between you know greatness is everything from you know becoming president of the United States uh, to honestly being that person that you see every day you know maybe the the mailman that has really good energy and always remembers your name, not just because your name is on the, the letters and the mail or whatnot, but just gives you good energy every time you see him. You know, greatness is, isn't limited. It's just, you know, it's uh, it comes in different forms every day. That's true. That's true. That's true. I'll give you
0: a fun fact later, Ryan. Uh, before wow. we move on, I think exposure is a key part in the Black community. So if yeah. kids are not exposed to hockey, swimming, and other sports, they're just exposed to basketball, football, track, as you mentioned, baseball. And they have a they have a closed mindset also. The parents do, even I did when I was younger, and even when I got older, not willing to try things. Um, and then once I got out of my stage of not trying to try stuff and meeting all walks of life from work and from other places, you're like, wow, you you do that. I never even heard of that, or you do this. I never even seen that. And you look up and you're like, well, I could try it too. It didn't kill the person. I might as well try <laughs> it. So yeah. that's another thing I think. I think exposure is a big thing, Ryan, in the black community, black and brown. I don't think uh, our young kids are exposed to a lot. So that's dope that you are doing what you're doing to show them, hey, you can play hockey. You can play tennis. You could swim. You can do anything. And we're trying to do that with our brand exposing people that, hey, you're not going to make it to the NBA. Well, you have a chance, but if you don't, you can be a Ryan who trains athletes. You can be a photographer professionally. You can be a coach, a referee. So many other things you can do in the basketball world. So that's what we're trying to do with our brand. Just wanted to, you
2: know, say that. Um, yeah, exactly right. I,
0: I, um, I noticed that you played football uh, and then you ended up getting hurt. If you could do yes. it all over again, would you change
2: the sport football and do something else no I love football that much and okay. Okay. the pain man and the hurt and everything I went through I felt like it helped to make me who I am today uh, good bad and indifferent um, so you know I had a lot of time to think about this question through all. <laughs> <Excuse> <laughs> <me> and <Andrew. laughs> but uh yeah but I don't take any of it back uh, I just uh you know if if it had been a different time in life, a different era, because I feel like now the amount of science and sports science is out there. If if I had, if I was, you know, had that available to me back in the day, I think that would have helped me out and helped my recovery, so that I could I could, you know, continue uh, playing on, on an elite level and show myself. Uh, worthy is the way I like. I used to think about it. You know what I mean. You want to compete with the best to show that you are the best. You know what I mean. Right. Uh, and you know if things have been different for me back in the day by way of sports science, I think that could have prolonged my uh, my career. But I definitely don't take it back.
1: Okay. All right. I respect yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. So how how difficult was it for you to? Like once you made that, like once you got injured and you made that decision, like, you know, I still want to be in sports, but I want to, you know, switch my gears to, to becoming a trainer. Like how difficult was it for you to change your mindset from being an athlete to training athletes? Oh man, that's
2: a really good question, man. I'll be real with you. Uh, It was really, it was really hard in the beginning. It was really tough because they're basically, they were basically my peers We're same age. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I look like them. They look like me. And I was like, why am I on this side? And I'm not over there. And like, for me personally, like I had to, I had to step away from, from football and, and being a sports performance coach specifically for football. I had to do it because of that for a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, at least I do because of that, because instead of making sure that the athlete was a priority I was making it about me and, you know, why I wasn't there or why I was where I was and why they were where they were. When I looked at all my numbers, I'm like, man, look at the numbers, I'm looking (laughs) at testing, I'm looking at speed, I'm looking at strength. I was like, man, I'm killing these dudes. (laughs) Why am I here? And so I think for me, in order to not, you know, have a bad name or create a bad name for myself in the industry or so that I can make sure that the athletes weren't being underserved. I removed myself and I had to go and like, and to deal with it, you know what I mean? Say like, Hey, you're not there. They are, you know? And over time, it took years for me to say like, yo, it doesn't make you less. It doesn't make them greater. You know, I, for a long time, man, I thought like, man, football hates me. Like, why did did, did football do me like this? And over time, I realized, man, football doesn't love anybody. (laughs) (laughs) It loves nobody. There's just just a few lucky people that don't get injured or, you know what I mean, like a Tom Brady is such an anomaly, such an outlier. But that's not the norm, man. Like, you can look at Des Bryant, look at how they did Des. Like, it Mm. doesn't matter who you are, football doesn't love anybody, man. And once I really came to like understand that, I was like, "Oh, I didn't take it as personal," and so I was able to like move forward, and you know, I mean, better, better serve the athletes that, that I work with, and that's where I realized too when I came to realization that it is a service industry.
1: Mm. Uh, I am,
2: I am serving people. I'm providing a service and helping to them to be better. Uh, within what they're doing but when you are in the service industry I think you have a different mindset different way of going about things uh at least to you know if you want to be like really good and very successful you have to have have a like a servant mindset of hey how can I help you be better so it becomes less about you and becomes more about those that you're working with and helping them to be great and that doesn't take away from your greatness Mm,
1: that's a great Mm -hmm. point bro
0: great point Uh, Ryan, we see so many athletes that, uh, get hurt and then they want to get back to that level they were at before they got hurt at a high level. Um, and talking about steroids, did you ever think in your mind, maybe I should take steroids just to become back to where I was and to be in great shape? And can you just talk about what it does to the body pros and cons? Yeah.
2: So for me, no, I, I never thought like that. I never really had that. uh, I won't even say really. I never at all had that mindset of uh, wanting to take steroids. Um, I grew up, I mean, we grew up in the era of steroid use in wrestling, pro wrestling. We grew up in the the world of steroid use in Major League Baseball and in in the NFL. Uh, But, you know, people weren't necessarily talking about it the same NFL as it was uh, talked about in Major League Baseball and wrestling oh, and also bodybuilding, right? And so mm-hmm. <clears throat> it was, you know, it was all over the place. But, like, for me, um, I never I never even thought about that um, for, you know, all the reasons. Just because, like, you know, being, especially once I started to develop, like, my strength and, and, and muscle, you know, around like my junior, senior year of, uh, of high school, people already assumed that, you know what I mean, that I was juicing. So I was like, man, no, oh, it's just hard work. Like I'm just, I'm just outworking you. And so like, for me, like I didn't want to be uh, invalidated. I didn't want to invalidate all my hard work by, by being even accused of, of taking steroids. Um, So now uh, the long term use of steroids, I think it depends on like who you talk to. uh, But like if it's not like monitored, if you don't really, if it's not monitored well by a medical professional, the effects on the heart could be great and the effects on the body can be great long term. Uh, Like now, if it's monitored, like, I mean, you can (laughs) I've read and heard things that You could be successful and and have a long duration of steroid use. Uh, I I still wouldn't recommend it for a bunch of reasons, you know, of, you know, possibly tarnishing your name, possibly tarnishing uh, opportunities within, like, the sports world, Uh, but it also – it depends on what sport, right? If you're talking about bodybuilding, professional bodybuilding at the highest level, you're not going to find anyone who hasn't or who's not – is just a part of that world, and mm. in order to maximize muscle and maximize their their physique. Um, but now, when it comes to other sports, I think it creates an unfair playing advantage, right? Mm-hmm. If one person, or let's say, let's say two percent of the people in the league are playing, or excuse me, are using steroids, but the rest of the percentage of the league are not, and those two percent, are two percent. They are, you know, doing things that's superhuman, I think it's an unfair playing advantage. So absolutely. Absolutely. I, I want everything to be to be fair now. Was that steroid era of baseball? Was it exciting for home runs? For sure. I, <laughs> I don't I don't see anybody that could argue against that. Like it was a very exciting time. Cause you knew every day Barry Bonds was knocking one like into the water. You know, Sammy Sosa, you know, and 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 everybody else was 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 doing crazy amazing things, uh, but now do do what I want to see that you know at the detriment to the detriment of someone's health long term Nah, like you know what I mean I want to see legends live forever you know yeah. uh, and so I think uh, from a, a being fair and a playing advantage for most major sports uh in in america in the world like i'm i'm against it because of because of that cool that's why right. you heard them kids stay away from the steroids
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's not <You're> <laughs> I,
0: I was gonna say it's
1: not as talked as talked about as it used to be in sports nowadays because i think everybody kind of shares with your same mindset but, I mean, I know it's still there and oh, active it's still, in every school. Oh, it's there. Yeah, yeah it's, it's there. there.
2: You know, and things, I think things don't become banned until, like, the science that's done on it that says it should be banned substance. Mm. So that's, you know, if you're ahead of, you know, the, the game on that, then, you know, you could be in front of a, a, a judge and say, like, oh, no, I was not taking that because you know i was not taking steroids because it wasn't like defined as a banned substance at the Mm -hmm. time so like there's a whole bunch of ways around it but you know i think the other thing that's uh, a bigger issue right now more than like steroids is like other substances and abuses Mm -hmm. of other substances such as like opiates and things of that nature um i think that That, you know, I mean, the long term and short term ramifications of that is is huge. And I think it's talked about more now, which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, I think that as minds start to open more with, uh, you know, things that were considered uh, recreational drugs or things that were considered banned substances like, you know, THC, CBD. Uh, microdosing with other things. Uh, I think that things in people's minds will will start to be changed. People start to reevaluate uh, their their stance on things. But definitely, you know, the, the pill, the pill popping, and how the the ease of accessibility and and how really the ease of becoming an, an addict to to those things. Uh, I think is has been very concerning for for a lot of people um, in in all major American leagues, or sports leagues, and uh, I think as as we continue to go and start studying and continue uh, further studies on like uh, on, on the brain and CTE, uh, I think those studies should continue to and be as extensive for uh, the long term ramifications of op- uh, opiates on the. Uh, and uh, pill popping use on the uh, the body
0: yeah. and right. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, so, like, what what is like your main objective and focus? Like when you're training people from different sports, because we know you train football, you train now you're training the hockey players. Um, just say like you know you get somebody from any of those. Like, what's your main focus?
2: Uh, it really depends. So uh, part of it is like understanding the demands of the sport and then understanding like positionally the demands of each position. Uh, I was actually just talking to uh, really a really good friend, uh mentor, uh, like a brother to me. Uh, and he's, uh, he's one of the more well-respected people in the hockey community. And I was... You know, I'm still growing in in you know immersing myself in the hockey world in my hockey knowledge. I don't know it the same as I do football and basketball and baseball and whatnot, but it's growing. And so, basically, I asked him like, "Well, I'm trying to get even more of a handle on the sport and in or specificity to position and in training because that's what you're doing football, right? You're not going to train." An office alignment the same way that you train, uh, you know, a running back. You're not going to train a running back the same way you train a quarterback. It's all slightly different depending on like positional demands. And so he was saying, in the way the way hockey is, it's not like that in the same way, right? Because you know, in a shift, you know, you could you can have a tough shift where everybody's skating really hard. You know what I mean? If you look at playoff hockey, which by the way, I think is one of the top three playoffs in all major American sports to watch. I think, for me, it goes basketball, football, and then playoff hockey, and then baseball can come somewhere after that. Uh, but, uh, but, like, man, playoff hockey is tough and it's very demanding uh, on the body. And uh, But, you know, I would say look at the demands of the sport. Hockey, obviously, there's a lot of, uh, lower body emphasis, there's a lot of core emphasis, uh, a lot of emphasis on the hips and hip strengthening. Uh, there's a lot of emphasis on like rotational uh, abilities. So you got to be able to like rotate uh, through, uh, through the rest of the spine. But then also you got to have strength um, and, uh, and, and what everybody's doing right now, uh, as opposed to let's say 25 years ago, is more of an emphasis on like recovery, regeneration so really getting athletes more familiar with those tools like say like you know uh, like recover boots uh, red light therapy you know just more sports specific massaging and stretching and uh, and nutrition and understanding how all these things help to uh, benefit the uh, the athlete and honestly in and in the and they pay that they take it home right mm-hmm. cuz if if i can be available right best ability is availability if i'm available and i'm performing at a high clip every single night that i have to go out there uh, and i'm a leader inside the locker room and on the ice for the field uh that's going to help me uh my longevity in the sport and honestly uh contract negotiation was when it comes to time mm,
1: yeah Man, hockey is you, it, it has a lot of demands on your body,
2: man. Man, <laughs> like, yeah, it's very I be dog
1: tired after practice. Bro. Oh
2: man, yeah, man. It's it's really fast. I would say hockey, man, mm-hmm. is very fast nowadays. I mean, these guys they they're they're so skilled now, they're so fast. I would say it's a slightly different body type than well, I would say it's really different than <clears throat> let's say 30 years ago. You something but now I think you'll see A lot of guys who aren't, like, just huge, Mm big-body frame guys. Uh, You see a lot more guys now that are smaller that might have previously been been considered just skill guys, but some of these guys are, like, I mean, they're playing, you know, defensemen, they're playing, like, center, they're playing everything. And it's it's a lot of skill. It's not that they're not strong, but, man, it's a lot of skills, a lot of really good – uh, stick handling and they're just so smart and their hockey IQ is like phew, it's another level like if you when, like when you hear press conferences like with LeBron talking about a game 10 years ago and he knows exactly where everyone was like Scary. it's like you no know, next level type stuff right Scary. and yeah. I would say that there's a lot of there's a lot of hockey players that are their their hockey IQ is is I mean, it's on another level. I'm not going to say the LeBron level. Not everybody can be LeBron, but uh, there are a lot of people that are, man, super smart, super intelligent with the the sport, knowing where everything is happening, where everybody needs to be. And there there are definitely people on that LeBron level, you know, IQ when it comes to their uh, their sport.
0: I want to say one thing about hockey, okay? (laughs) The equipment that the hockey players wear, Smell awful, okay? bro! It is <laughs> it is the worst smell, bro. You know, worst. I've never because be, listen because I used to work at the skating rink, Brian. Yeah. Um, so a fun fact: my dad was part owner at the skating rink in Culver City where he died. Yeah, oh, so man. that so, so that opened my eyes to what you and Dorian were talking about in that world of yeah. black and brown but a black man being part owner at a skating rink where nobody would even imagine that somebody would be owning the skating rink as a black man. But I thought that was fun. But anyway, players would come and practice and we would have to open the doors everywhere after they left because it smelled like, I mean, it was like dead animals. It's the worst smell ever.
1: I got got in trouble. I got in trouble one day because, I had my oh. hockey gear in the car. Uh, and I didn't zip the bag up. Oh my goodness. Oh my, my mom God. was like, if you don't zip this bag up when we get in the car, he was like, You are not playing hockey no more. Cause you, it's all of the like your your uh, your gloves and your your pads, oh. it just soaks up all the sweat and it's yeah. it's hard to maintain it.
2: One of my one of my guys this past summer, uh he's a goalie, he plays at uh Cornell currently. And in the summertime, uh, you know, summer training, and he—I think he had just come from the ice, and uh he had his gear uh, in the back of his truck, like flatbed truck, mm. right outside. Oh, summertime breeze going through. <laughs> the truck is parked away from the front door, and I'm like, I'm like, nah, bro. I was like, you gotta move that. I was like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I can smell that from over here. Mm. I can't. I can't take that, bro. It, it smelled, smelled, it smelled smell. like it smelled like a mixture of the streets of Venice <laughs> downtown LA
1: and old stale mustard like you right bro no for real a mixture of mustard and pickle
0: juice and just yeah <laughs> it's a, it's a different type as as Ooh. older folks would say, different type of rank that you do. Oh, yeah. like it, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's terrible. Even if you uh, leave them
1: outside, like even if you leave them outside and you do the baby powder, you do all kind of stuff, it'll go away for like a like a day maybe. But as soon as yeah. you play again, that is, it comes right back.
0: Uh, they said man. in the NHL, they bake, somehow they bake or they have a room that they put all the equipment in and they heat it up at a crazy temperature. And that's what gets the smell out. This is what I was told. It must be to kill the bacteria or something like it that. It has to be, because you, you wouldn't be able to play in arenas. You have to play in, like, stadiums outside. <laughs> <laughs> Outdoor series every game. Man, yeah. it's ridiculous, ridiculous. But you, you, talk, you, you talked about a common foundation as far as dealing with athletes and different sports, but I wanted you to just touch a little bit more on the recovery, how important that is. Dealing with athletes, Ryan, and if you could just give us a few different recovery methods that people could use um, dealing with
2: hockey or any sport. Yeah, recovery is extremely important. There's a bunch of things that you can do, a bunch of tools and methodologies that you can use within like your recovery process uh, and your regeneration process. Uh, One is honestly just adequate sleep. Uh, If you're if you're getting enough sleep and you're getting good quality sleep, man, it's going to it's going to help you feel so much better. It's going to get you out of that that fight or flight, that sympathetic uh, nervous system response and get you into like a parasympathetic uh, state to where your body can can your mind can relax and your body can actually like recover. Well, Uh, hydration uh, and hydrating with uh, water. And other, and other good things that are as an athlete that are built for uh, athletes and athlete recovery. There's a bunch of like recovery drinks out there. I'm not gonna plug any one brand. But,
0: no, 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 no. I got you.
2: Yeah. But and so, uh, and there's other like topical creams that you can use. I will plug this brand because uh, they're good and <laughs> I use them. They're called Amp AMP, Amp Human Performance uh it has a uh, sodium bicarbonate in it which helps the recovery process and it helps uh athletes uh especially like hockey players and endurance athletes uh go for longer uh so you can maintain high levels of high levels of play for uh longer periods um and then other things like proper nutrition like eating well um eating enough um and like pro athletes uh i would say generally with uh with the teams uh have uh uh, coaching staff to where uh, you know most of these things are uh taken care of or they have access to the best right i would say that throughout the years a bunch of young athletes have come through and not necessarily have placed <laughs> the same amount of uh what's the word uh intention behind mm-hmm. mastering uh, nutrition throughout the years but i would say athletes now man they're they're locked in they're locked in i've seen it uh at a very young age uh, because they have access to so much. But I just see, man, some of the young athletes just doing more and being proactive, and that's why I, I believe we see more highlights of, you know, basketball players doing crazy dunks, you know what I mean, all different backgrounds. It was not white man can't jump. Like, no, nah, these dudes <laughs> are doing some amazing stuff now just because, like, they're not just sitting on the sideline idly and complaining about like what it is they don't have. Like, nah, they're being proactive and getting out there. And so, uh, you know, when it comes to recovery, you know, if you're talking about like you know infrared saunas, if you're talking about like ice baths, if you're talking about uh, recovery boots, whichever kind of recovery boots you have, whether you're talking about like. Red light therapy uh, that you know helps to increase blood flow. That's generally uh, what I like to say that we're, what we're looking for and what most of these methodologies do uh, is increase blood flow within the body. That helps to like shuttle like nutrients and and blood uh, when, when inside the blood. Uh, there's uh, the, the nutrients that help the recovery and help that that body you know repair itself, but then also helps that. Uh, not with oxygenation, uh, which uh, helps the uh, the overall recovery of that particular athlete. And so, yeah. So when we think about performance, so performing on the ice, or performing on the court, uh, the hardwood, or the uh, the field, the football field. You know, it it is like doing the right stuff in practice. You know, with your on ice coach. You know, or doing the stuff in the weight room or uh and, and also it it matters performance matters what what you're doing outside of you know what i mean the, the the court or outside of game day or outside of practice it's, you know eating right it's hydrating well is using uh some uh you know you won't, you won't necessarily use all but some of these the uh, methodologies in order to make sure your body is like you know back and rested you know so even if it's doing like prehab exercises that are specific to the individual uh so you know you know like different i don't want to say like stretching because when you get into it sometimes like people don't necessarily need a stretch it's strength for some places so that's why i just say overall like prehab is kind of all encompassing but like doing the right things uh to help to, to recover and so that you are ready and, and available so that you can, you know, be at your best.
1: You know, we've talked about, you know, diff, you, know you, you training in different sports as far as football and hockey and stuff. But because we are a basketball-centered podcast, uh, I wanted to just kind of ask you, like, as a basketball player, like, what would you suggest right. that the players uh, focus on as far as, like, training and their fitness goals, like if they're trying to become a professional athlete?
2: Yeah, I that's a great question. Uh, you know, with everything, you want to make sure that, especially for a sport like basketball, you got to have adequate conditioning, right? So if you are not in shape, you will see that your game changes, right? Right. Especially like so now like we're we're all a little bit older, we don't we don't hoop as much or on the same level and you know when you haven't been out there in a minute, you're like, ooh, like yeah, like your game changes, right? You can't, you don't you (laughs) you just don't move as well. This is like your overall game changes. So I would just say uh from you know, first and foremost, I would say make sure that your conditioning is up to par. And then when it comes to like training, uh it still starts from like a strength perspective. Now I'm not saying you need to be the, you know, strongest man in the entire world. Uh, but I was looking at something recently and they were talking about like the evolution of Steph and Steph now does a lot more strength training. He does like mm. things like Trap Bardellus and everything else. And he focuses on that because strength is essential to, uh, to longevity. Um, and then also it's essential to uh, athleticism. And then the other thing I would look at would be from the ground up, foot, ankle, uh, lower leg, so like calf, uh, hamstrings, hips, the entire like I would think about everything that with the you know encompasses like the hips or like glutes, adductors, or, you know quad, hip flexors, uh, and then good core strength. And so I would look at all those things because even if you're talking about like your shot, a lot of people might think upper body, but where does where's the force created? It's still from the ground up, and so it's called a jump shot for a reason. Yep. And you know what I mean. Like even if you're a set shooter, you want to you know you want to have uh, a, a good base from the ground up because you know everybody when you're shooting, your heels are off the ground. So if you don't have a good strong stable foot or good strong calves, uh, it can affect your shot and and it can affect your rhythm. And so whether we're talking about like basketball or we're talking about hockey or talking about football, rhythm and timing is a is a central part of athleticism. So. Uh, You know, I would I would start with those those Mm -hmm. things, uh, you know, as far as like creating a plan or approaching how to be a a better basketball player uh, and just overall athlete. But, you know, speaking about basketball specifically, I would I would definitely look at those things. And then uh, the other thing is like breaking. Right. Because you you go fast and you stop. There's a lot of stopping in basketball. And so uh, you got to have good breaks. Um, And so you got to look at how your body absorbs, like all that force that you're creating, uh, and you got to be able to have good force absorption uh, within the body so that you can, like I said, have uh, longevity. And so honestly, it's going to help to set you apart. Uh, And so the other thing is so you don't get those ankles snatched, right? (laughs) Because if you have good breaking, it's not going to be good for you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's what happened to Steph when it's in his early careers. He had bad toddler ankles. <laughs> now look at him.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Damn, that's crazy. Um, we see a lot of injuries, especially ACL tears. Would you say that is attributed from overtraining or improper improper training?
2: It could be both. Uh, it could be it could be a combination of a few different things. Uh. I couldn't say one thing for sure. A lot of people, when they talk about, like, ACL injuries or preventing of ACL injuries, they would talk about, like, oh, hamstring strength and making sure you have an accurate, adequate hamstring strength. I think it's more than that. I think there's uh, a, a bunch of things you got to look at. And so we look at, let's say, Odell Beckham, and we look at how he looked in the beginning of Super Bowl and warm-ups, I mean, he was catching touchdowns. He was, like, really – uh, stretching the defense and and taking it up top, and then he got put down from a non-contact injury with his foot literally just touching the ground, and his knee gave out. Uh, and so there's a bunch of things that you will look at. You still look from the ground up. You still look toe, foot, ankle, uh, lower leg, hamstrings, adductors, hips. And then so, you know, when you have a full medical staff and medical team, uh, you can do, you know, up to a 60 point plus assessment to find areas of weakness within the body. And so, uh, you know, I think that's a I see it as a very complex uh, question and it's hard for me to give a a direct answer. But I still think about strength when something isn't strong, it gives up. Right when something is over lengthened, it tears. It, but if something is over lengthened, generally something that supports it on the other side or somewhere else in the body is uh, might be might be over tight. Uh, so when something in the body is doing something else's job, it can create uh, those those imbalances, impossible injury.
0: Before Dorian goes on, Ryan Dorian and I always speak on. The quality of shoe now going back to basketball, yeah. how uh, and we're not going to name any particular brand, but they rush the product and the product doesn't seem as good as it used to be. And you see a lot of injuries. Do you think in your opinion that might have something to do with it as well? Or you just still think training, I mean, uh, strength, 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 the equipment really doesn't have much to do with it.
2: No, I think the equipment does have something to do with it, you know, when you're talking, you know, when you're talking about footwear, there's a lot more cushion in the footwear now. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, that could be part of, you know, the overall problem. You know, it could be, it could be part of the solution. It really depends because all of the cushions Mm -hmm. are slightly different, right? So it can create a different response on the foot. But ultimately, it goes back to like the foot and the foot being strong, right? If I have a weak foot or a weak ankle or like over tightness in certain things like big toe and whatnot, then it'll affect the way my body functions. It's going to affect the way that I'm able to create and uh, absorb force. And if I have, say, something that's super cushiony, something that's, you know, not wide enough, something that doesn't like let, uh, the have a wider toe box to where I can have, You know good movement within uh my foot if it if it makes my foot too narrow then i think that's a problem as well um and not being able to like let my foot splay and do what it needs to do uh, you know as far as like gripping the ground and just like basic kind of like Mm -hmm. caveman like characteristics of like just human proper human movement and so i would say it still goes back to like those core things poor foundational things of Having good strong feet um, mm-hmm. and and you know strong ankles, but remember that you know it's a it's a mobile joint, so uh, you want to have good ankle mobility there uh, and and strong lower legs. So calves are definitely something that are important should be trained when it comes to like basketball or hamstrings or something that is important, you know. And 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 looking at like tightnesses within the body based off of you know <clears throat> sport and or things that could be over overworked or used and making sure that your body is getting an adequate amount of like recovery by way of like possibly like massage or or other things and so i wouldn't say that <clears throat> the footwear is you know what i mean the the super villain is not the super villain per se because if you look at like athleticism if people, if we never had footwear, I don't know if we would see athletes doing a lot of what we're able to see athletes do. True, and so that's why I can't say that it's like the villain, but uh, but certain things when it comes to like footwear, it doesn't necessarily help it out either. I got you. Got you. Okay,
1: and I know you talked about you know like the keys uh, to you know being a, a good athlete, and you mentioned nutrition. Um, as far as like basketball, is there, is there anything that basketball players should be concentrating on putting into their body as opposed to any other, other sports?
2: Uh, that's a good question. I would say it really, I would say it's kind of individual, right? So like, all right, let's, yeah. So let's say, let's say like a Zion, you know, right now Zion almost I mean, I, I'm definitely not clown, I'm definitely not clown, but man, he almost look like Big Perp right now. Like <laughs> <laughs> he eating a lot he's of Clyde beignets the park, down there. <laughs> <laughs> and so definitely not clown. I'm I'm a Zion fan. I mean yeah. I, I really enjoy watching that young dude get on the court and, and do his thing. Uh, he's a special talent. But for somebody like him, you know, there's more than likely you're gonna be watching like calories right you're mm. probably going to be more of a caloric like restricted diet you know now how you go about that depending you know meaning like macronutrients it might depend here and there you know you could you know there's a bunch of different like percentages that you know their their training or nutritional or dietitian staff might might go about it. and so like there's a lot of like great area, but for somebody like him, it'd be like more like chloric restrictive to get him down to a certain plane way to, to help his body out. You know, when we think about longevity or just overall athleticism, it's not gonna be in his best interest. I think I was looking at something recently. Charles Barkley was talking about like one of his OGs, said that like, yo, like if you wanna be significantly, you gotta lose weight. And that's just the way the NBA was. And it's still the way the NBA is. You're not going to be an offensive lineman in the NBA thinking that you're going to be, you know what I mean, uh, a 10-time or what is LeBron now? 18-time. I mean, 20. 18, I don't know. How 18. <laughs> Man. Yeah. So you're not going to do that if you are uh, a certain way.
0: Can you can you give us five things the
2: athletes should be doing
0: to get the best out of their bodies? You mentioned them throughout the whole podcast, but just five.
1: But just real quick, you don't got to expand on them. Yeah, okay.
2: Strength training, uh, eating well, uh, mindset, meditation, breathing correctly, and uh, using the uh, adequate amount of uh, recovery modalities, whether it be uh, prehab. Mobility training um, or other things that deal with soft tissue and or recovery to increase blood flow in the body. Okay, it's
0: nice. a good five. It's yeah. a great. And five. I said
2: this one last thing is sometimes it's just like man taking rest days too, like just to like take time for you. You know what I mean? I think off season and guys being able to be with their families and just mm-hmm. like chilling out, man, that's huge. That's huge mm-hmm. in like the re- recovery process and. And, you know, where it can just be with their loved ones and they're not dealing with, like, all the craziness of what it is to be a professional or a professional athlete. They can just unwind, and I think that's that's huge, too. So having a good family base is, is extremely important. Having a good family unit and a good team to run. Yeah.
1: I think, too, like a lot of the older – like back in the day when we were younger, I think uh, a lot of the athletes then, they – when it was off season, they was, they was off. Like now it's like when it's off season, they still training every day and still mm-hmm. getting in the gym every day. And I think people are just trying to reach that pinnacle of their, their bodies, I guess. And they don't really take time to just chill. Like, and yeah, get I, think it,
2: sports. yeah I think it's, it's a couple of things. I think part of that, <clears throat> what you said and what we see now, I think contracts are bigger. Mm-hmm. And so guys are doing more to get more money, right? Mm-hmm. So it depends on where you're at in your contract. I think that. And and I think there's a couple other things, too, like legacies, right? You know what I mean? Like, if you had, hadn't gotten the ring, like, all right, once again, I might hate on this dude, got a lot of respect. You know, <laughs> you made it to the league, do anything. thing. AD, right? AD was a different AD before he got the ring in the way yes, that he I was see. Yes, yes, he was. I yes, see, he was. Yep, right? yep, yep. <clears throat> The hunger was there, right? He wanted to get that ring. Once he got the ring, it changed a little bit. He backed off, took his foot off the pedal a little bit. And, you know what I mean? And, you know, you can say whatever it is you want to say about AD or the Lakers right now. I'm just saying that things were different before he got the ring. <clears throat> I think that that brings a little bit, you know, a different type of motivation for, for guys uh, to – to want to train longer and, and harder uh, or more intense in uh, in the off season or start their off season uh, sooner. Uh, does that – is that helping or hurting? I uh, I think it kind of depends. I think if they're doing enough of the right things uh, and it's periodized and to where they're peaking at the right times, I think it's a good thing. But, uh, you know, you know, there's a lot of things that people can do, like as far as visualization, uh, working with mental coaches and whatnot, to where they're still getting a, a lot of work because I think a lot of it is, is is mental. I think you see a lot of these teams now that aren't doing well, and the mentality is not really there. you know, so they they've either taken themselves out of you know a playoff contention or they're just they're just kind of unmotivated. So like the mental part of the game, I think is huge. Uh, and it's going to be a huge advantage for anybody who's able to master that part of, of their game.
1: Nice. Right. So, who, what what kind of athlete is your favorite athlete to train? I mean, I know you you were football, uh, mm-hmm. and now you're in the hockey. I mean, I'm sure you trained like when you were with Nike, you trained. Uh, all type of athletes like so what's your favorite type of athlete i would say i'll give you
2: i'll give you one general statement my favorite athlete to train is um, the motivated athlete the person that wants to be better who's putting in the work who cares who's attentive who's doing all all the things that i ask and uh you know what i mean and and they, they trust you know uh now beyond that when you get into sports specificity I prefer and I really like training with uh, or training uh, football and hockey players. They're uh, they're some of my favorite uh, athletes to work with. Uh, I would say a lot of them are very dedicated to the sport by way of wanting to get after it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm definitely not talking mess about any other sports, (laughs) but some of them, they're not feeling it. They're not feeling it. And... (laughs) You know it, you know that goes beyond like like their ready state because there's there's metrics we can look at to see if somebody actually is uh, ready to train and ready to, to work at a certain level but certain sports they just don't really want to be in the gym like that mm-hmm. or don't see the benefit even though there's you know tons of science and you know, you know everybody does it uh, so uh, but for me I would say that basketball and, uh, and hockey are definitely top for me. And speaking of that, so what are some challenges training? Oh, sorry, not basketball, football, 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 football.
0: football. Know. We know we know we know what you meant, even though you got <laughs> basketball in the heart. So <laughs> speaking of that, what are some challenges training celebrities and professional athletes? Yeah, you know motivation
2: dealing with sometimes dealing with certain people's like teams or some agents, uh, you know, the demands of of their their lifestyle. Uh, you know, certain certain athletes take have certain lifestyle choices of wanting to be, you know, out and scene or party and whatnot, which affects recovery. And uh or just some people that you know they they handle adversity by way of like all these trolls nowadays, they handle it in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Uh they might not necessarily be the best. And so there's there's a lot that, that affects athletes, which can, which can affect, you know, working with them. Uh, like I said, like, I think that's why, for me, the best people to work with, or whether they're, like, celebrity or top athlete or anything, are the people that are motivated and people that want to be there, people that want to be better. That's, that's that's just it. From the rip, uh, that's the best. And I think you get the most motivated people are uh, the people that – Honestly, respect what it is you do. Uh, and if they come in with a certain amount of respect and they're looking to be coached, that's that's just like the best situation. And so, you know, for any coach out there that might be listening to this, man, just be the best of your craft and you'll you'll create uh, an environment and a culture where, you know, the your people you're working with will trust you and they want to be there and you'll get the best out of it.
1: So say you got two two olderish guys that are motivated and respect you as a as a trainer that may be looking into getting uh hooping. Like I'm speaking about me and Kyle. Like <laughs> I'm just as a, as a hypothetical, You're trying to get a bang. <laughs> as, as a hypothetical, say Kyle and I were trying to uh you know go play overseas or something like that. Like what would you look at? as far as, like, me and him in our situations that would help you to prepare a program that would be kind of tailor-made to us achieving our goals?
2: Yeah. Uh, So if I had two guys like like you and Kyle – at this age and where you're at and you're talking about going overseas and playing overseas, I'll be like, boy, you out your mind. Say, hey, at no, what are you doing? You got a wife and a child that loves you. What are you doing? Don't do it to yourself. Everything is going to blow up. You're going to be just on the road like a tire blows up.
1: Exactly.
2: <laughs> but, no, but real talk, though, it would, it, you would have to like really like do like a fuller assessment. I would really take more invest more time in like the injury report and seeing like kind of like a joint by joint like where where you're strong at where you're weak at and then go from there and creating a program. Uh you know I mean things are still like strength based but like like I said it's not we're not trying to make you like the strongest like man in the world, you know what I mean? We're not trying to make you a bodybuilder. We're trying to make it's like functional strength that is like more sports specific and or like basketball specific and so, you know, it'd still be like a lower body focus, um, but there there still will be upper body work. Uh, you know what I mean? Don't think that you're not doing any upper body work, but it'd be focusing on your your injury history, uh, looking at where you're at now, doing as many assessments as you have access to, to see like joint by joint, um, like mm-hmm. where, like I said, like where asymmetries may lie or, uh, you know, if there is like a, a real like issue of something just not being strong and not being functional, that can lead to uh, potential injuries sooner than later. And so you would go from there and in creating that plan and it's making it the right plan for for the individual. And then also you got to take in the, you know, in, uh, in consideration the 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 league in which you're, you know, that you're, you're going to be playing in, right? If you're talking about certain, like, European leagues, it's, like, pretty physical, right? And so, you know, it's it's taking that consideration, too, and saying, like, all right, we, you know, this is going to be trying to body you up in, in the post, you know, or, you know, you're kind of coming off screens, so you got to be strong going through screens. So, like, screens, so there might be you know, a little bit more of, uh, you know, a strength focus here and there. But, like, it still will be natural progressions, uh progression for, like, cycles and leading up to uh, the departure date. Uh, but, yeah, I would say for a certain age, it is literally a lot more, like, functional than, like, yeah. strength-based, right? I, I wouldn't train uh, you guys the same way that a college strength and conditioning coach is training, you know, an t- 18-year-old, you know, basketball player that's been in the, the, the system for at least a year uh, or, you know, a 19-year-old basketball player that, or 20-year-old basketball player has been in the system two years that well, we need, like, a really strong base, a strong foundation for all the games they're playing uh, and we need to get them ready for next year to be a leader and take over. It's a, it's a different focus.
0: You could you could train us. We could go over to Dubai or something and go out there and bust them up. You know, just shoot. The shot then we can still do it. We not going to Spain or nowhere like that. Maybe go to like go out there, Shanghai nights or something like that. <laughs> um, all right, Ryan. So come to the end of the podcast uh, before we let you go. We're gonna hit you with these five questions, um, and it's just for fun. So there's no pressure. Um, you ready? I'm ready, man. <laughs> All right. What are your top five foods to eat?
2: Foods to eat? Yes. Ooh, that's a good question. Uh man, lately I've been into like fruits. I've been uh, I've been eating a lot of apples lately. Uh okay. I was a vegan for almost three years. That's a whole nother oh, okay. conversation. A whole other, yeah. Oh. And then I just switched back to eating animal protein. Uh and so uh, a good steak, uh, good high quality steak, uh, solid. Um, let me see my go to's. I mean, I've been like as far as like fibrous vegetables, I'm mean, a uh, big broccoli fan. Uh, mm-hmm. and uh, man, I gotta be real, man. I love me some good cookies, you know what I mean? You gotta hey, cookies. Okay, my co- <laughs> real
0: you are human. That's what. Does. <laughs> um, what are your top 5 just sneakers in general? Oh, sneakers All the time! That's
2: easy. That's easy. Uh, so for me, Jordans it goes uh Jordan 11s, yeah. It goes Jordan 1s, Jordan 3s, Jordan 5s, uh and then there's a whole bunch of other things after that, but I'll give you just my top there. Uh when it comes to uh, Nike Air Max, like Nike Air Max Ones, uh, and then uh, uh, Blazers, Nike Blazers.
0: Okay, so, all right. Okay, uh, what are your top five workout routines?
2: Ooh, uh, I like I like to do strength training. So, like you know, I like to you know lift heavy. I don't really lift heavier than uh, two times a week. Uh, so those are, you know, my two like strength days uh, a week. So I like strength training, I like, like hit, hit training. Uh, so I like a full body hit, or uh, it could be something that's a little bit more like core, core focus. Uh, I like, uh, oof. I like working with the sled. And so as an alternate to like conventional uh you know cardiovascular training or like running i like do sled work man it, it'll gas me um on the air bike that's another thing like man it's the air bike, air is bike? Serious.
1: what's that
2: uh it's just, like the wind bike so it has like the fan like they also call it oh, okay. fan bike. yeah
0: so are you doing this yeah man <laughs>
2: okay. yeah that'll gas you uh, and one thing that I actually like used to I used to love back in the day that i still put it in there even though I don't do it as much, but I in the offseason I have my guys do it. Uh working on the sand dunes. Man, I don't know if you remember back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> so back in the day. You know, in LA, everybody used to be at the sand dunes. Everybody <laughs> used to be there training. Hated the
0: sand dunes. Man, it was
2: like it, legit. It was a love hate. You know what I mean? It was. And but it would you know, you always felt better from it and like the energy there at the sand dunes it was incredible back in the day. Cause you never knew who would show up, but you always knew that everybody was there to put that work in. Yep. So I would say that'd be like one of my top uh, all time workouts okay and
0: i'll leave you with this top five nba players of all time your list you mentioned lebron a few times wait to see if you yeah your your five
2: man i knew i had a feeling you're gonna do this to me (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. all right so jordan for me i grew up you know in the jordan era so for me Mm -hmm. jordan is that guy jordan is that guy um oh man so but so I've been debating lately on because I think Kareem is is one of the greatest of all time. If you look at his 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 win record from his entire career from probably like, you know what I mean, uh, you know, park ball when he was younger off the pizza, being, you know, the NBA champion, like it's it's impeccable. And so I, I gotta throw him on that list. Uh for me, uh, I think I think LeBron has has, has earned a, a spot in most people's top five, if not everybody's top five. Uh, it's uh it's hard to like not include somebody as special as, as Magic on that list, you know, from all that he did, you know, being just a, a game changer with with height, uh, playing the position, and everything that he did um uh, as far as like winning and everything else and then so that last spot is uh is a it's a tough one for me uh so because i grew up in the jordan era kobe was not like my go-to like that got a lot mm-hmm. of respect for, for kobe and what he did for the game and what he did for the Lakers organization but he's not in my top five uh and so that last spot, I've been kind of like going back and forth with it, going back and forth. And uh, my last, it, I think it might be Shaq, man. Like to be no, honest that's with
0: you, cool. no, that's cool.
2: Because that's cool. he he was he it, like he changed the game. Like there was nobody. Yeah. I don't know anyone that in Shaq's prime that could stop Shaq.
0: Nah, nah, no one, yeah. <laughs> no, no one. No one. Right, <laughs> no. You're that's that's a No, you good. That's a solid five. LeBron's not in my top five, so it's good. You good? Or, or, yeah. Nah. <laughs> but I said I said I said your top five. Like I'm not gonna go yeah, off I, of everybody, you know, mine is Magic, Mike, Kevin Durant, Kevin Garnett, and Shaq. I don't yeah, care okay. what nobody and Penny Hardaway off the bench. I don't care about what Penny... <laughs> That's just my five.
2: Yeah, know? and uh, that's nice, you know. I like Penny. You know what I mean. For me, Steph, he's creeping higher, higher on that list. For me, oh, you know what sure. I mean. AI, he's like, yeah, he's oh, yeah. up there, yeah. but it's like that top. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's hard.
0: It, no, yeah. it is, and it's it's just it, it's subjective. It's all good conversation, you know.
1: Yeah. So Ryan, um, you know we we got a wealth of knowledge from you. We appreciate your time, but now we're gonna give you the stage and for you to tell the people where they can follow you, like what you got going on, what you got going next uh going on next, um, uh, where they can find your your uh, fitness uh workouts and knowledge and all that other stuff.
2: Yeah no I appreciate it yeah so you can uh check me out at rapidfitness.com that's r-y-p-n-fitness.com uh I'm on social media uh, the same moniker ripen fitness on Instagram and Twitter uh I'm doing a bunch of different things with a bunch of different companies uh, right now. One company I'm doing doing work with is called Open. Uh, They're a breath work and meditation company. Uh, And so you can go and honestly, you can get 30 days free uh, if you go, if you type in the code OPENRYAN, uh, when you go to the app, you put that in 30 days free. Uh, It's an amazing, amazing company. I'm doing some other things uh, with a few other companies. One is a company called Kinvent. They're a great. That's K I N V N T, Um, uh, and they're doing a lot of great stuff in the space on like the sports tech and sports med side of things. uh, Getting even more usable data for like practitioners, so that uh, so that we can honestly see, like, where athletes are in their progress, whether they be talking about, like, return to play or just just talking about, like, overall strength uh, joint, by joint um, and muscle specificity. Uh, it's a great tool that I'm implementing even more within, like, my athletes and everyday athletes, too, is what I like to call, like, the general population I work mm-hmm. with. Uh, and uh yeah, so you can still find me in the Nike Training Club app. Um, I'm all over within uh workouts and whatnot uh also within open um leading workouts every thursday at 12 o'clock so you get that that lunchtime hit with your boy Oh okay. uh, yeah and so we'll be having some all-demand classes there sometime soon also on rapidfitness.com i got a bunch of different uh Workouts and exercise demonstrations, uh, you can find it on the homepage on the website. Uh, also got some merch on the website. Just go to shop. We've got this Wipe and Fitness merch and uh, Wipe and uh, Performance Lab Hockey Club uh, merch. Uh, the facility is in El, in El Segundo. Uh, if you just reached out to me, uh, we can set things up as far as uh, getting you going in person. I have more training plans that are coming soon. Uh, they'll be available on the website, marketfitness.com and also on the app, train.rockofentience.com. And so, yeah, man, just, uh, just follow me on IG. I'll be posting a lot of stuff there. Uh, get with your boy. For sure,
0: bro. Yeah, man, that's amazing. Thank you again. Um, Make sure everybody subscribes and, and and uh comments on our on our YouTube page. We appreciate Ryan, you know, sitting down with us, giving us some some good information and shooting our dreams down as far as going back to the leagues. <laughs> I'm thinking about you. I'm, I'm thinking about your <laughs> No, 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 no. It's all love, of course. Thank you again. Um so I'm s I am i I'm signing off old man Ross,
1: uh fly kicks and sweatsuits, spread love and not hate. It's your man B Hill to give Carbanis, get in the gym, shoot some jumpers, at least about eight. Peace. Y'all be safe.